Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk that I want to share with you today. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The other morning, I was sitting in my living room just before sunrise. The rest of the family was still in bed. The house was quiet. We live on the Mohawk River in a village called Scotia, New York. Across the river is the city of Schenectady. In the evening, a bright neon sign flashes on with the General Electric logo. As I sat looking out the front window, I saw in the early morning, in the early morning light, big pink clouds drifting across a soft blue sky. I've obviously seen pretty sights in the sky many times, but on this morning, I was suddenly struck by the fact that Almighty God was graciously displaying his glory to this poor city, a city that once prospered but now struggles. God's glory is seen every day in a thousand ways, but so few notice. What greater evidence of his love for this broken world could be imagined. I certainly have a vivid imagination, but I almost felt like God was speaking to Schenectady through the splendor of that sunrise and saying, I know you're having problems, but I'm here and I love you. Call out to me and I will answer. The state of humanity right now can make you feel kind of hopeless. How can things get much worse? Hatred and violence is increasing in our society. The division in our country seems to be hopeless, and some people are seriously talking about splitting the nation in two, as happened at the time of the Civil War. There's almost no sense of public morality or decency left. It's like the old song by Cole Porter has come true, Anything Goes. And if you object, you are vilified. On top of everything else, many economists are warning of a coming depression and the complete collapse of our economic system. And yet, over all of this, the glory of God still shines in the heavens. The same stars are out there every night that Abraham gazed on when God made those wonderful promises to him. Speaking of promises, right about now is probably a good time to think about them. Here's a simple and obvious one. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. I don't know about you, but I think that's good to know. That promise was made by God right after the flood that destroyed everybody on earth except Noah and his family. As you may recall, things had gotten pretty bad then, right before the flood. It it says the whole earth was filled with violence. Sounds like our world. And yes, judgment came, severe judgment. But when it was all over, God gave some beautiful encouraging promises, including the one I just mentioned. God doesn't take delight in destroying people. God said to the prophet Ezekiel, 
As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Speaking of beautiful things in the sky, what is more beautiful than a rainbow? No matter how many you've seen in your life, whenever one appears, you'll say to those around you, hey, look, it's a rainbow. There's a reason that colorful heavenly phenomenon has such an effect on us. It was the sign of the covenant that God made with man after the flood. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. A rainbow is a reminder of God's love and mercy. And when I saw those beautiful pink clouds over Schenectady, to me, they were also a sign of God's love. That lovely sight gave me hope. I don't know about you, but I wish more people could see these signs as I'm trying here to describe them to you, the signs in nature of the fact that we were made and put here by a loving God. Paul wrote these words in his letter to the church at Rome. For what can be known about God is plain to them, them referring to unbelieving humanity, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. We cannot see God. He is invisible to us. But we can see his works. And if we're willing to just think a little, we can certainly infer certain things about his character from observing his great works. Who is not moved at least a little bit by a beautiful sunset? Why are we moved in this way? We are moved by beauty. Whether it's beauty in the sky, in a great piece of music, or just the beauty in the face of a little child. The materialists who see nothing before them except atoms and molecules have a hard time explaining why. We are moved by things that we call beautiful. Of what practical use is beauty? Listening to a symphony by Beethoven does not feed my family, pay the rent, or heal my infirmities. But it does something for me that can't be explained in materialistic terms. In my humble and obviously correct opinion, the existence of beauty points to the existence of a God of beauty. And being a God of beauty, he loves to display his beautiful works for our edification and enjoyment. 
His beautiful works draw us to him, as Paul said in Romans, but I think there's more to it than that. That is the practical effect of beauty. But I think a deeper aspect is the simple fact that God delights in causing us joy. It gives him joy to give us joy. Now, some of you at this point may be thinking, if all you say is true about God, then why am I suffering right now? That is a good and fair question that I don't have time to answer in this talk. If you want to hear my answer, listen to the quiet talk from November 11th, 2021, called, Why Doesn't God Do Something? If you don't know how to find it, email me. I'll give you my email address at the end of this talk, and I will send you the link to that talk. At any rate, while there's much beauty in nature, there's a lot of ugliness in human nature. And God is not overlooking that ugliness. As a matter of fact, he has entered our human ugliness. He did it in the person of Jesus Christ, who came into our world as a real human being and shouldered all our suffering at the cross. If you call out to him, he will most surely answer you. I can't promise you that your present suffering will immediately stop, but I can promise you that Christ will give you hope that your suffering is not forever and that if you trust him, you can look forward to a time when all suffering will be gone in his glorious eternal presence. In the meantime, he has promised to always be with you in your suffering. He will give you the grace and strength you need every moment of every day. And even now in the midst of suffering, you'll see his beauty. You will see the beauty of God's handiwork with new eyes. You will see a lasting hope in the glory of God in the sky that always floats over this sad and broken world. My friend, God has not forsaken this troubled world. He has acted in his Son, who not only came to redeem us on the cross, but who will come again one day to bring an end to suffering and hatred and pain and sickness and usher in an eternal kingdom of love over which his bright sun will shine forever. Dear God, I thank you for the beauty you have created in this world. This is our Father's world, Lord, and you have left your fingerprints all over it. Help people to see in that beauty the love of God and then to go beyond that and, and through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, to see Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came to this world, who shouldered our sin and our suffering in his own body and died on the cross and rose again the third day, that we might have hope of eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My dear friend, would you pray for us at the uh, Bread of Life Anglican Church here in the Schenectady and also the greater uh, capital district of New York? We are attempting to show forth the beauty of Jesus Christ in this fellowship that God is helping us to start. And uh, we meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock. This Sunday is Easter. If you're in the area, if you don't have a church to go to, come be with us at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, 10 o'clock Sunday. I pray that you have a blessed 
celebration of the feast of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.